In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our gospel reading this morning, Jesus begins to tell us about the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I think that in the Lutheran church, we often have a hard time talking about the Holy Spirit. We don't quite know the language, we don't quite know the role of the Holy Spirit in our faith and how to talk about his role in our faith. We know that for some churches, the Holy Spirit becomes the bringer of enthusiastic emotional experience. Right? In some other churches and other denominations, the Holy Spirit is really only talked about as the one who just transforms lives and leads believers into holy, victorious living, and that's shown by, again, some enthusiastic experience. And so Lutherans, as, I know, as you know, of course, are hesitant to equate emotional experiences with the work of the Holy Spirit. We often shy away from his care for us because we don't quite know what to think of the Holy Spirit apart from that emotional experience. And so this is where our gospel text can really help us begin to understand some ways to talk about the Spirit in our lives. So the editors of the lectionary chose to begin this, morning, this morning's reading right in the middle of a paragraph. So it might be helpful to hear more of the context to understand just what Jesus is saying to us and why he is talking about the Holy Spirit in this text. So in the bigger story, Jesus is addressing his disciples on the night in which he was to be betrayed, the night in which he was handed over to the authorities to be arrested. So in other words, this is some of the last teaching that Jesus is going to give to his disciples. And so looking at the context, starting in verse 15, Jesus says to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And then that picks up at verse 23, which began our reading this morning, where Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So one thing to notice in John 14 is that twice Jesus says to the disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. He will also say, peace, I leave with you. In other words, Jesus is preparing the disciples for what is coming next. How is it that the disciples will get along after Jesus has ascended to the Father? Where will their comfort come from? Where will their courage in this world come from? How will anyone have faith after the ascension? The answer, Jesus tells his disciples, is the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus' disciples were not abandoned, they were not orphaned, after he returned to the Father. Rather, the Holy Spirit is to be there as their comforter. Whereas Jesus was present on earth for a short time with the disciples, he promised God through the Holy Spirit would be with them forever and would never leave them. And it's in this answer that we can begin to think about how we in the church can understand and talk about the Holy Spirit. Jesus names two titles, or he gives two offices for the Holy Spirit. He calls him first the advocate, and then he calls him the spirit of truth. And it's in these two titles we begin to see who the Holy Spirit is for us. The word advocate that Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit is the Greek word paraclete. Some translations of the New Testament don't actually translate this word and leave it as paraclete, but it's a word that literally means called alongside of. And it comes from the verb we would use as summon, as in summon someone in court to be a witness or a supporter of your case. And so a paraclete was someone who supported you and advocated for you in a court of law setting. In that sense, a paraclete provided comfort by confirming that your story was true. They provided you comfort by defending you, by keeping you company. And so I think we, we can begin to see why Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the paraclete or advocate. This is precisely how the Holy Spirit ministers to us as Christians. He's the one who walks alongside us through the trials of this world. In fact, Luther says we are not to look upon the Holy Spirit other than as a kind and friendly comforter and helper. So then knowing that the Holy Spirit is in us and with us as a friend and a comforter, we're encouraged to take courage in this world. We're encouraged to know that the very presence of God dwells in us and gives us the faith to know the goodness of Christ. St. Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter 8. He says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. St. Paul is telling us, as an advocate, as a comforter, as a witness, as our supporter, the Holy Spirit is the one always praying for us. St. Paul says that even when we are weak, when we're going through trials in which we do not know how to pray, the Spirit is there praying for us. He is a witness for us. And of course, that is comforting news. Through any trial or any hardship in this life, we can be assured that as the people of faith, the Holy Spirit is praying for us, with us, and in us. He is praying the words that we need he is bringing all of our needs before the Father as our advocate. And so you and I are never without prayer because the Holy Spirit is even now interceding for us. And you can see then how Jesus is comforting the disciples. Indeed, for them, hard times were coming. Trials were coming. Difficult questions were coming. But the disciples were never going to be without the presence of God because the Holy Spirit was there to comfort them. The second title in John 14 that Jesus gives to the Holy Spirit speaks to how the Holy Spirit 
brings comfort to our lives. Jesus, again, does not equate the Spirit's presence with an emotional experience. Instead, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth. And this, I believe, is the key to understanding how the Holy Spirit brings us comfort. The Spirit leads us to truth. That is, the Spirit leads us to the truth of the Word of God. Experiences, emotional responses, and so on, they're all subjective. They're all fleeting and shifting. And so we know we can't get lasting comfort from them. If we believe that we can get comfort from a mountaintop experience, we will soon find ourselves in some kind of valley. Instead, we receive everlasting comfort from the words of Christ, from the very truth of God. And this is how the Holy Spirit brings you comfort. He leads you to hear the word of God, and he opens up your hearts to receive it faithfully. That means no one ever walks through these sanctuary doors by accident. Everyone who sits in these church pews was led here by the Holy Spirit. Your parents raised you in this church because of the Holy Spirit. When you moved to this community and sought out a Lutheran church or some other church, it was the Holy Spirit who brought you here. You woke up this morning with the conviction that you needed to come to worship. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. That's the fundamental comfort of the Holy Spirit. He wants to lead you to God's truth. He wants you to hear that good news that Christ died for you and that Christ has left peace for you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings you to the word and he opens you up to it and to trust in it. For there's no greater comfort in this life than knowing that in Christ you are saved by God's grace alone. And likewise, the Holy Spirit promises to preserve you in your faith. He wants you to grow in your knowledge of the truth of the word, to deepen your trust in God's grace and mercy. And finally, the spirit of truth brings you to a knowledge, the truth of your own sinfulness. Very often, the Holy Spirit works through your guilty conscience, not for the sake of making you feel bad or demeaning you, but so that your heart will turn to God for forgiveness. That is where true comfort in this life is found, turning to God for all of your needs, turning to God for your forgiveness. We know that the devil also seeks to accuse you. The devil will make you aware of what a terrible sinner you are, but the difference is that the devil will accuse you to keep you away from God's word and God's people. It's Satan who tells you that you are too much of a sinner to be forgiven, that you're too much of a sinner to be in church. But the Holy Spirit works against this. The Holy Spirit shines light on your sins so that you will turn back to the promises of God. That is who the Holy Spirit is for us, always turning our hearts back to the Father's love for us. And so as Lutherans, we begin our language of the Holy Spirit with Jesus' words. The Holy Spirit is our advocate, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And both of these point to the same thing. God does not want you to live troubled in this life. And so he brings his spirit to you to bring you to faith and to trust in his word. When we hear God's word, when we hear the preaching 
of the spirit of truth to us. He guides us in this life, and he assures us that we are never alone. We put our faith in the Holy Spirit then in all challenges and all uncertainties of life because we know he does not abandon us. Rather, he advocates for us, prays for us, and walks with us. And so when we're discouraged, when we're anxious, when we're questioning, it's the Holy Spirit who leads us to the comforting words of the gospel. Amen.